Hello, hello, amazing business owners, creatives, people who want to actually make a living doing what they love. Welcome to another episode of Business Straight Up. I am Brooke Summer, your hostess with the mostest, and I want to welcome you today to a very candid conversation about eight strategies to successfully run a business when you have ADHD. Now, this is actually going to be a two-part series because there was so much information and I wanted to make sure to get it all to you. So in this first part of the series, I'm going to give you a little bit of background and how I've dealt with ADHD in my own life, the things that I've seen in my life with my family and with my son. And then we're going to start with strategies one and two. And next week, we are going to dive in with three through eight. And I'm going to leave you with some homework, just so you know, it's coming. I want to welcome you today. If there's anything I can do to help you with your business, please let me know. And if you have ADHD and you're like, ah, how do I run my business with this crazy stuff going on in my brain? You are not alone. If you don't have ADHD and you're like, do I really need this episode? I'm going to say yes, because all of these strategies work whether you have ADHD or not. It's just a little more helpful for some people who struggle a little more like I do. So let's chat all about running a business with ADHD. Hey, hey there, awesome people. I am Brooke Summer, and you are listening to Business Straight Up, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs to learn, connect, grow, and build the business and life that they dream of. Welcome. Let's get going and dive right in. Good morning, amazing business owners, or afternoon, evening, nighttime, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to another episode of Business Straight Up, the podcast and place to be for creative business owners who actually want to make a living doing what they love. I'm pretty sure that this episode is going to be a really long one, so we're probably going to break it into two parts because we are going to talk today about something that I've worked with a lot of people on, even though I'm not an expert, I just offer solutions based on what I've learned. And I want you to know first and foremost, so when it comes to this, I'm not necessarily an expert, I'm not a doctor, but we're going to talk about what I have learned when it comes to running a business when you have ADHD. Holy moly, y'all, this is a really, really big subject. And it is also a subject that some people get really upset about because of medication and things that go into the different treatment options when it comes to ADHD. And I have some kind of not popular opinions when it comes to that stuff. But first, I have this really important disclaimer for you. I am not a doctor, okay? I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, an MD. I'm none of those things. I'm also not an expert on ADHD. I know that you probably already know that. I'm a business strategist. I run a photography studio very successful. And I love helping my students grow their businesses to reach their biggest goals. But let's just get that right out of the way at the beginning. Okay. Second, even if you don't have ADHD, even if you're not experiencing some of these things, I want you to keep listening because I'm going to share some business strategies that you might need in your life, even if you're neurotypical, or maybe you don't have ADHD. You've never been diagnosed but you hear this episode and you start to wonder. (laughs) That's kind of what's happened to me, right? 
Either way, I promise you this episode will be worth your time. Third and last little note before I start, I'm probably going to piss some people off with this episode. I'm okay with that. I'm only sharing what I have learned and choose to do for myself and my family. If it doesn't work for you, awesome. Find what does. If it does work for you, awesome. I'm glad I could help. I am a business owner and marketing expert just trying to help wherever I can to watch my fellow humans. Hey, hey there, ladies, especially you be successful and grow beyond their wildest dreams. That's all I'm doing. I'm offering you some things that have worked for me. So now that we have all of those things out of the way, let's talk about ADHD. When I was doing some research for this episode, because I knew it was going to be a doozy, I compiled a little, (laughs) well, it's not so little, but a list of people that have or have had ADHD that were crazy successful. And these are people like Walt Disney, Thomas Edison, JFK, Mozart, Serena Williams, Mel Robbins, Agatha Christie, Michael Phelps, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jordan, Will Smith, Richard Branson, Albert Einstein, and Simone Biles. That is quite a list, right? And these people are not the kind of successful as in like American dream, stereotypical, bought a house, had a nice car, 2.5 kids, whatever. Okay. These are people that were crazy successful and also had major contributions, not only for themselves, but for the world, for our country, for our culture, for their countries, wherever they were living. These people were crazy successful. So let's talk about what ADHD means. First of all, if you're hearing me say this and you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Where you been living? First of all, (laughs) I'm kidding, kidding. ADHD is defined as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I really hesitate to even give that definition. It is not my definition. That is just the medical definition because I really hate the last word in that disorder. Because guess what? It's only a disorder because the rest of the world was not designed for neurodivergent people and is literally designed around neurotypical norms. Maybe we can start to look at ADHD as a superpower instead of a disorder, but because it's not the norm in our culture, it's not what we see every day. It's not how things were designed. We are constantly trying to treat it and quote, fix it. Boom. I feel like there's a mic drop in there somewhere and people are going to get mad at me, but oh, well, we're going down this rabbit hole. (laughs) I am 99.9% sure that I have ADHD. And as my mother gets older and is retired and has more freedom in her life, and I watch her distractions take over, I'm wondering if I got it from her. Not sure. In the end, it doesn't matter. But I do kind of wonder about that. I have never been formally diagnosed. I had my childhood in the 80s and 90s. And back then it was ADD. There was no H. And it was a label typically applied to overactive boys. I couldn't find the statistic, but I heard it on my favorite ADHD podcast which is called ADHD for Successful Women. I will link it in the show notes that you can find at businessstraightup.com slash podcast. I heard that most women, and we're talking like percentages in the high 90s here. I don't remember the exact number. I want to say 97, something like that, are being diagnosed in their 30s and 40s because their sons were diagnosed. And as such, they started to see symptoms in themselves and ask their own doctors. So what happened is these moms are taking their sons to the doctor and going, how can I help him? 
he gets diagnosed with ADHD and they talk about the fact that it's most likely genetic. And mom is like, holy shit, this has been affecting me my whole life, but it was never looked at. Now at the time when we were kids, it just wasn't something that was usually applied to girls. So it wasn't a parenting fail. It's not that anyone was being neglectful or being ignored or that there was a big problem there. It just wasn't usually looked at for girls. And even now in 2022, it's still not a common diagnosis for girls. This is crazy to me. When I was younger, I can't remember any of my female friends even questioning whether they had ADHD or back then it was called ADD. It shows up typically very differently for girls than it does for boys in many, many cases. And it was often shrugged off, right? Like, oh, she's just daydreaming again. Oh, she's just talking to everyone. It's the impulsivity and the the attention and focus issues were just shrugged off for girls, whereas boys were looked at a little more carefully. ADHD is often paired with RSD, which is rejection sensitivity disorder, which means that there is a higher likelihood of being extremely anxious or affected deeply by rejection. And that explains, hey, look at us as women being too emotional and too sensitive, right? There are so many things tied to this. Is anyone else feeling me? Like, is anyone else listening to this going, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe. I have never been formally diagnosed. And that's for a few reasons. First, because I don't feel that ADHD is a disorder in my life. This is in big part to the fact that I run my own businesses, which we will talk about more, but also because I've learned to accept myself instead of just trying to fit in somewhere. My mom says that I did this when I was younger too, but I don't remember that. I also don't remember feeling any major heartbreak because I didn't fit in though. So while I don't remember like sobbing in the closet because I don't fit in, I also don't remember trying to fit in. It just was what it was. It was never a huge issue for me. I didn't do weird things to try to fit in. I learned that more as an adult, the pain of not fitting in. And I went through some years, some issues with that. But as I age, I'm letting that go again more and more. It's so funny, the wisdom that comes with that, right? Second, I have never been formally diagnosed because I have arthritis. And even going to the doctor regularly like I have to and dealing with prescriptions and insurance companies for that is a lot for me. And I don't want to add more to the medical to-do list than I absolutely have to. And for me... This is not an issue that is negatively affecting my life to the point where I need to be concerned about that. And finally, I've never been formally diagnosed because I don't plan to medicate myself. And here we go. We're just going to make some people really angry, right? Now, let me be clear. If you have ADHD and you use medication in your life to help you manage it, high fucking five. Seriously, I want you to do whatever works for you. My entire business is built around helping my students and listeners design their lives in a way that works for them and their families. And if medication is that for you, high five for learning that and embracing it. There should not be a stigma around medication for mental health, but here we are still there, right? (laughs) So if you need that high five or encouragement in your life for doing what you need to do to manage your ADHD, including medication or not, chest bump, high five to you, seriously. But for myself, I don't want to medicate for the same reason I listed before. I just don't want to add more to my prescriptions and medical to-do list. Y'all autoimmune stuff is a bitch. And on top of businesses and two kids 
and arthritis and autoimmune issues, I don't want to add something else. It's just something I choose not to do. No judgment for anyone that does. You have to do what works best for you. When my son was in third grade, his teacher pushed us hard to medicate him, like to the point where she said things in front of him that really bother me even to this day. We learned later, and we didn't know at the time that it was really inappropriate for her to do this. <laughs> and so at the time we spoke with his doctor and we all agreed that we didn't think it was best for him. And that came from his doctor too. So it wasn't us as parents saying, absolutely not. We're not going to do this. But you know, we were open to the option and we still remain open to that for my son as he ages. If he chooses to medicate, that is his choice. We're not going to sway him one way or the other. He has to figure out what works best for his life. And we will be there to advocate for him every step of the way. Now, in hindsight, he's 17 now. So third grade would have been like, what, eight, nine, something like that. In hindsight, I am so incredibly happy that we did not medicate him. If we had, we would have been facing some serious changes when he decided he wanted to pursue his dream of being a pilot. ADHD medications are strictly forbidden by the FAA. And in a lot of cases in military branches as well, depending on the medication, And he would have had to stop his medication and face potential withdrawal issues if he was medicated. So I'm really glad that we made that decision. Again, not for everyone, and that's okay. He's even told me how glad he was that we made that decision. And have we had to work at it? Yeah. Have we had to figure out different solutions? Absolutely. Is it easy? No, no, it's not easy. (laughs) Has it involved some screaming matches and some yelling and tears? Yes. But in the end, I'm glad that we didn't medicate him so that we would face these other challenges later. When it comes to myself and my son, could we have seen changes in our lives if we would have been medicated? Possibly. I have friends who medicate their children and they've seen huge positive changes in their lives after starting medication. I know that it can do amazing things. This is not a bash on medication at all. But for myself, it's not something I wanted to pursue. And for my son, it's not even an option based on his chosen career path. Could that change in the future? Maybe, but for now, we choose not to medicate. So this means that we have to figure shit out, right? How can we live as neurodivergent ADHD people in a world that is literally designed around neurotypical norms? Now, this is another rabbit hole about how our schools are designed and the system that it was based on. And I'm not going down that rabbit hole because we're going to talk about business today, but I'm giving you a little bit of background. Because for me, being an adult with ADHD means running my own businesses. For my son, it meant finding alternative school options that worked for him. And we've done both and we're thriving, but we all have to do what works best for ourselves. Are you tired of hearing that? (laughs) It's so true. No one is the same. No two bodies are the same. No two brains are the same. No two people are the same. We all have to figure out where we fit and what we need to do to better serve ourselves and our families so that we can be where we want to be in the world. I'm guessing that you're listening to this because you run your own business. Most of my listeners are business owners and creatives. You are my people. And if you're listening to this and facing ADHD, diagnosed or not, there are specific things that you can do to be successful in your business. But all of this comes down to what works best for you. I think that in all of this diagnosing everything, this is what we forget. That one thing that works best for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. And this is why I hate that it's even called a disorder. I think that's bullshit. I don't think it's a disorder at all. For me, 
ADHD is a superpower. So many people with ADHD become business owners because then we don't have to fit into the neurotypical norms when it comes to supporting ourselves and our families. And how amazing is it that we live in a world where we can do that? Adults with ADHD are 300% more likely to start their own businesses. And that comes from Garrett Laporto and the Da Vinci Method from 2005. 300%, you guys. So if you have ADHD, you're running a business, you are in good company. Because again, ADHD doesn't have to be a disorder. When you have the opportunity to design your life the way you want and figure things out, it can be your superpower. Here's another quote that hit me really hard from the CEO of JetBlue, David Nealman, who also has ADHD and has shared quite a bit about it. He said, I have a hard time doing the mundane things in life. I have an easier time planning a 20 aircraft fleet than I do paying my light bill. (laughs) And this makes me laugh because it is so freaking true. I have found myself coming up with entire business plans for new businesses, but not logging in to pay one of my bills, something that would seriously take me all of five minutes. And I'm sharing this because I want you to know that you're not alone. So many of my students tell me, I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me that didn't want to make food because it was boring and it didn't give me that dopamine hit. And so I just don't eat. I thought it was just me and that showers are boring and I don't want to do those. And so I just don't shower as much as I probably should, but I do shower. So don't get upset. But so many people think that it's just them, that they're a weirdo, that it's some kind of weird anomaly. And I want you to know that it's not you. I'm somewhat embarrassed to say that when I had a commercial studio in downtown Denver, our electricity was shut off twice in the three years that I was there. Was it because I didn't have the money to pay it? No, money was sitting in my account not a problem, but it was because I didn't pay it. Not because I couldn't afford to, but because I couldn't be bothered. It was a mundane, boring task that I should have automated and put on auto pay, but I didn't because at the time I was still learning how to navigate the fact that my brain works a little bit differently than the rest of the world. Could some people look at the electricity being shut off twice as a failure? Sure. Maybe they might even judge me as a terrible human being or an irresponsible business owner. How can she possibly run a successful business if she doesn't even pay her electricity bill? (gasps) Clutch your pearls, everyone. Oh my gosh, guess what? I did that to myself too. I promise you there is no judgment you can cast on me that I haven't been through in the past. I judge myself even more harshly than anyone else ever can, but it didn't get paid and I had to figure out how to make that happen, how to get it turned back on quickly before my session started, how to figure it out, how to make sure that the room wasn't freezing if it was in the winter. Yeah, it happened. And the reality is that the success of my business is not measured by things like that. It's not measured by mistakes. It's not measured by your mistakes either. Your business is not measured by your mistakes. I have mastered booking clients and creating an amazing client experience and bringing in revenue because of it and have been working for years to figure out how to deal with the other things that I need to do that I don't want to do, like paying my damn electricity bill and taking care of the mundane tasks that we must do as adults and business owners. This is just part of ADHD, my friends, and the reality for some of us. And that is something that we must overcome, outsource, or figure out when we run a business. These things can't be ignored. We need to figure them out. And the good news is that we can, you absolutely can with or without medication. It doesn't matter with or without a diagnosis, you can still figure out what works best for you. 
ADHD working on our brains to misfire is not an indication of our abilities, our value, or our potential for success. So let's talk about a few things that I have been working on and things I have learned in running my business with my own crazy brain talking all day long. (laughs) Even if you don't struggle with these things, I promise there is something in here for you. ADHD means we deal with some of the same things that others deal with, but sometimes they're more intense and sometimes we have to figure out alternative solutions, but even neurotypicals have things that they come up against when they're working in their business as well. So again, just one more reminder, just in case you turned in a little late, I am not a doctor. If you are struggling and feel you need to see a professional and explore other options, up to and including medication, then you do what works best for you. I am just going to share some strategies that I have learned. And we are going to talk about eight strategies for running a business with ADHD based on my 16 years that I've been in business. All right, you ready? (laughs) If you're listening to this in a podcast app, this one is actually going to be a video as well. I'm a little self-conscious about video, but what's funny is I like use my fingers to do the Mr. Burns thing a lot. I don't even know why I do that, but that's okay. (laughs) Number one, you have got to learn to manage your brain and your thoughts. You have to stop beating yourself up about the perceived failures that happen and letting those thoughts control you. Stop telling yourself that you're not a good business owner, that you'll never be successful, that you would be able to reach your goals if only you could focus and get this done. Because guess what those thoughts do for you? Absolutely fucking nothing. Seriously. If you only have so many fucks to give in a day, you're wasting valuable energy on things that don't serve you. So you missed a bill and the electricity got cut off. What needs to happen now to fix that? Focus on action learning and moving forward, looking at what has happened in the past so that you can beat yourself up about it, complain about it, or just generally feel awful when you think you're going down the rabbit hole of self-bashing and self-hate. It doesn't serve you. If you really feel awful about something, set a timer for 10 minutes and feel the feels. Get upset, scream, yell, cry, do whatever you need to do. And then when that timer goes off, boss up and do something about it. Wallowing in self-pity and loathing never produces anything good. And there have been a lot of studies about this, about trying to improve your life based on shame and beating yourself up. And they have all shown it doesn't work. You're not going to lose weight by telling yourself you're fat and you suck over and over again. You might do it temporarily, but it's probably going to come back. We need to start changing these thoughts to build ourselves up and encourage ourselves instead of shaming ourselves for mistakes and things that have happened. So stop it. Our thoughts and emotions have so much incredible power over our actions and our lives. Learning to manage them can literally change your life. And this is especially important with ADHD. Give yourself the do-over. When you have a thought that doesn't serve you, If you have to scream out, did anyone else play like field hockey in the middle of the street and be like, do over, (laughs) scream out in your head, do over and start the thought over. You have to start learning to manage your brain and get rid of these thoughts that don't serve anyone, least of all you. Number two, 
This one's going to have some pushback. I can feel it already. I've talked with quite a few people about that. Even my son is like, oh no, I'm not doing that. But when he did, it helped so much. Number two is schedule your days. Man, some people are really upset when I say this. People are like, I want to be more spontaneous. I didn't create a business so that I have a schedule. Yeah, I get it. I cannot even tell you how much I get it and how much I feel you on that. The thought of having my days scheduled sounded like freaking torture to me, much less my months and my year scheduled. I remember when one of my mentors, Megan DePiro, showed her calendar. It's an Excel spreadsheet in her Facebook group. My first thought was, oh my gosh, hell no, that is my worst nightmare. It was literally scheduled down to the minute with everything in her day, including showering. And even just the thought of doing that for myself literally made my shoulders tense up and it felt awful in my body physically, not just my brain. But I cannot tell you the freedom that comes from having a routine. It sounds so contradictory, right? Several researchers have found that people with ADHD tend to do very well in the military. Why? Because of the routine that's given to them. By scheduling your days and honoring your schedule that you set up for yourself, you are able to stay focused on what you said you were going to do, even when you see something else that needs to be done, because that's what we all do, right? We're like, oh, I should do this. You start cleaning your office and all of a sudden you're like, what the hell happened an hour later? For instance, as I'm creating this episode and writing out all the show notes for the episode, I am in the middle of one of my focus blocks where I set aside two hours to work on something with no distractions. Now, before I started setting aside this focus time, this is what my day would look like. I would realize I'm sitting in my desk, kitchen's across the house from me, by the way. So I realize I'm out of water and I get up to refill my water. I'll walk to the kitchen. I'll see someone left shoes on the floor that need to be moved. So I don't trip and fall. Normally I would leave them there, but if I'm going to fall over them, I'm moving them. Then I will set my cup down and forget where I set it. And then I end up walking around the entire house looking for it again. Then I will find it again, walk to the kitchen, start cleaning up the kitchen and clearing off the counter because I hate it when there's stuff on the counter and you put your cup there. And now all of a sudden there's stuff on the bottom of your cup and there's gunk. And now it transfers anywhere else I set it, like on my desk, which I like to be clean. And so naturally I had to clear and wipe down the counter, right? Then I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, I should probably eat something. I forgot to eat this morning. And I look in the fridge and I start thinking about lunch, but I'm not really like lunch hungry yet. I'm just a little snack hungry. So I just grab an apple and then I grab my water, come back to my desk and I'm like, Hey, look at this. I'm all set, ready to work. And then I realize I forgot a napkin or a towel or something. I don't want apple juice everywhere. You know, when you bite into it and like the juice runs down your hand, that grosses me out. So I go back to get a napkin. And on the way back, I realized, oh shit, I was supposed to start a load of laundry and it'll only take a second, right? So I start a load of laundry really quick. So I grab my laundry, I start a load and usually I do my daughter's laundry with mine. So then I go into her room and grab some and I notice she has some things in her room that don't belong there. And I'm like, what the hell? She's stealing my pens. What's up y'all? So I move them to where they belong. The dogs are really excited at this point because I'm kind of running around like crazy. So I let them outside. I come back to my office and I realize I didn't hit start on the washing machine. So I walk across the hall to start it. And then I hear the dog scratching on the door and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to let him back in. So I go back across the house and I let the dogs back in. And then I realize, oh no, there's something on the table. If I leave that cup on the table, it's probably going to warp the table. So then I have to take the cup off the table because no one put a damn coaster under it, right? And now a minimum of 30 minutes, usually quite a bit more, is now gone from my work time because of these distractions. Is anyone else feeling me? Can I get an amen? Because I know I'm not the only one. 
this is crazy to me, guys, but that is how my brain works. And if I try to explain that to someone who doesn't feel that and doesn't have a brain that works that way, they are overwhelmed, shocked, and terrified. One night, about two years after I had married my husband, he got a taste of what my brain actually looks like when I ate a chocolate and I just let it out. And I just told him all the things I was thinking about. And he looked at me like I had four heads. He was terrified, <laughs> but that is what my day would look like before I started scheduling my days. So what does this day actually look like after I started scheduling my focus time? Well, literally every minute of my day is scheduled. I have scheduled podcast focus time from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So at about 10.15, in order to prepare for that, just as I would for a client, now I'm preparing for myself too, because I get to matter too. So 15 minutes beforehand, I refill my water. I let the dogs out and back in, grab a snack, sit down at my desk for my focus time. I know exactly what I need to work on during my focus time because I have laid it all out ahead of time. And I stay at my desk for two hours and hyper-focus, which is another superpower in ADHD that people don't talk about. And I get a ton of things done. Like that two hours, I can get more done in two hours than most people would get done in an entire day because of the power of intention paired with that hyper-focus. When you start to schedule your days, you're giving yourself a plan. And when you make that commitment and honor it, you're able to shift your brain's focus where you want it to be instead of on all of the little things that pop up throughout your day. I will do an entire podcast episode on this because I've been doing this for about six months. My son does it as well. And it helps so much for both of us. And for anyone that's feeling like there's no way I could ever do this, think of it this way. You're the boss. You run your own business for a reason. You control the schedule. If you don't want to work on one day, don't schedule it. There are no rules for this. There are no rules that say you can only work Monday through Friday, eight to five. Those are the hours you can schedule. Bullshit. You're the boss. I have decided that this week, today is Tuesday, on Wednesday, I want to take a nap because midweek I start to feel kind of drained. I have to maintain a schedule with my daughter's school that I don't love. So I scheduled it in. The things that you want to do, the things that you love, family time priorities, those all get scheduled in first and then work is scheduled in afterwards. You can even schedule in time that is 100% blank where you don't have to do anything. You can call it fuck around and find out time. I don't care what you call it, but you can schedule it in and have nothing there. The world is your oyster. You can be spontaneous and do whatever you want during that time. I mentioned earlier that people with ADHD tend to do really well in the military because of the routine. And when I said that, you may have felt a negative reaction in your own body. And I get it. I do. I know that for me personally, I would not do well in the military because if someone yells at me, I'm going to tell them to fuck right off. It's my personality. It's not going to happen. That does not bode very well. (laughs) But when it comes to scheduling my own days, I'm the boss. I get to choose. There is no one else forcing me to do this. I'm doing it for myself and the goals that I have for my life and my business. And you can work around things that change. For instance, this morning, it's snowing outside. My daughter's school was delayed by an hour. Whole different conversation there. But her school was delayed by an hour, which meant I lost an hour in my day. But I also got to sleep in for an hour. So I just moved some stuff around. It's okay. It's all good. We figure it out. We move forward. That's another thing that usually we are very good at with ADHD if we allow ourselves to be. Weird related side note, people with ADHD can sometimes have issues remembering to take care of themselves and do basic things like eat or shower. 
I used to think it was just me. It is not. I literally have to schedule these things in because I will get so hyper-focused in working that I forget. It reminds me of the episode of Big Bang Theory. Yeah, show my geek here, y'all. But where Penny is so immersed in a video game that she looks up and realizes she needs help because she hasn't showered or changed her clothes for days. And this is real, y'all. And having a schedule can help so much. If you are struggling with focusing long enough to get things done to reach your goals in your business, I really want to encourage you to at least try scheduling your days. Give yourself six months to try it. Really give it a chance. Honestly, commit to it. Give it a chance and see what you think. And I promise you, you will get so much more done. That is number one. And number two of an eight-part list. I am going to break this up here because this is going to be a crazy long episode if I don't. And we are going to continue this list of eight in the next episode. So make sure to listen into the next episode. And I can't wait to see you back here. Don't forget to head on over to the Business Straight Up community. And that is at businessstraightup.com slash community. It's our little corner of Facebook where we can chat and ask questions. I'm happy to help you with anything coming up, whether it's ADHD business. We've even asked like some stranger questions there. (laughs) Either way, if I can help, I'm happy to help. So head on over to the community and let me know what you are feeling in this episode. What is something that came up for you when you're listening to this episode? Is it something that, damn, Brooke, I thought I was the only one. Let me know in the community. I would love to have that discussion with you. So we will continue part two of this next week. Thank you so much for listening to Business Straight Up. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Check out the show notes for this and all of the episodes at businessstraightuppodcast.com. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Have a great day. 